Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to Unlaced with Trock and Bates. I'm Madison Trock. And I'm Evan Bates, and we're Olympic ice dancers for Team USA. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. Today, we are joined by a very special guest. He is one of the most beloved skaters in our sport for the joy he brings to everyone on and off the ice. He is a two-time Olympian and an Olympic bronze medalist, a two-time national champion, and still actively competing. Please welcome Jason Brown. Oh my gosh. Hi, Jason. You guys. Hi, guys. How's it, it going? so good to have you on our I, podcast. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Anytime, anything for you guys. So excited to be here. Can't wait to talk. Jason, you've got to be one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. In fact, this summer, we spent a lot of time together touring with Stars on Ice. And our, our tour manager, Dave Brown, said to me, nobody's that nice. Is Jason Brown really that nice? Nobody's that nice. But he is. Oh my God. Oh. Um, honestly, you guys are the best. I just am very fortunate to surround myself with the best people. And so, yeah, they just, what, what reason to not be, I guess is the way I look at it. It's very, when you get to do for a living, what you love to do and constantly be around such great people. So no, you guys. I feel like you, you know, you've been obviously (laughs) raised really well and I know that family is so important to you. So want to just start off by saying congrats to the Brown family. One of yours got married recently, right? Yes. Your sister got married. My sister got married. It was incredible. Um, It was so much fun. It was amazing to be surrounded by people you just love and people you know. I mean, I can't even, you know, you guys will experience it very soon um, with your own wedding. But I think just the fact of like everyone that we, I mean, obviously I was laughing because everyone kept congratulating me. And I was like, this is the first time I'm in a situation where like people are congratulating me and I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> like all I did was show up and everyone's like, congratulations, Jason, congratulations, Jason. And I was like, you know, for me, I was like, I didn't compete. I didn't, I didn't do anything. Like, I didn't, you know, the, my only duty was like making a speech. Um, Which you're but, uh, very, very good at. Let me just say, we've heard you make speeches in English, in Japanese, <laughs> whatever language it is, you give a fantastic speech. Well, that means a lot, but, uh, yeah, it was just, it was really fun. And as you know, as you mentioned, family is so important. So to get to be surrounded by them, all extended family and friends, um, included was beyond special. That's so nice. It looked like so much fun too. I was watching your TikToks and you just, you have such a way with your dancing and your creativity on and off the ice. It's incredible. You really are so dedicated to everything you do, and it's incredibly impressive, which brings me to when we were on tour together and we could really see your dedication fully to your craft, to the sport. And it was amazing to me because we had crazy schedules in Japan, in the US. 
up at odd hours, skating long hours. And every morning you would wake up and do a Zoom workout with your trainer, no matter where in the world we are. And that was so impressive. Your dedication is just on another level. And it just, it amazes me. You're just amazing. And so I was just wondering who in your life instilled that work ethic in you or where did it come from? What inspired you? Was it Rohin yelling at you when you were young? <laughs> That's not a counter. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know what? I think it's a mix of a lot of things. I think for me, as like when I was a young kid, um, growing up, my parents were just very big on, we will support you 100%, but you have to drive the bus. Like you have to wake us up in the morning if you want to go skating, and then we're there for you. But I think by having the accessibility to that much support, it was for me, it was like a very internal motivator because I was like, okay, if I'm going to get up in the morning, it's on me. If I'm going to do this workout, it's on me. And for whatever reason, that really drove me um, to want to keep pushing myself. Um, it was almost like having that freedom and having that support was such a driving factor for me. I know so many other people like need that external factor to push them forward. And for me, it was almost having that ability to be so internally motivated um, kept me going. And so it just was something that was like always uh, pushing me forward something. And then obviously it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't not help when you have also coaches that are very, you know, very, what's the best way of pushing Vocal it? about just, your progress? Yeah, yeah, vocal. <laughs> vocal is great. Very, yeah, no. And I do, you know, I'm a kid that I do, I, I, you know, I grew up really wanting to please and really wanting to do right by people and um, wanting to, you know, they saw something in me, um, whether that was talent, whether that was, you know, uh, athletic ability that, or an artistic ability that I didn't see in myself that they were like, we know it's in you, we believe in you. And that it was just another way of like, okay, I really want to figure out how to untap this, how to get better uh, and, and give it my all. Well, I think it's just your star quality. You've got so much natural charisma and maybe you don't see it yourself, but we certainly see it and everyone you meet sees it. Yeah, I think that you you spoke a little bit about the artistry on the ice. That's definitely what the skating world has kind of recognized in you is this very, very unique style on the ice that literally nobody else has. And it it welcomes people in and that makes people feel like they know you. And I think even people, I mean, you're, you're very like open and people, you wear your heart on your sleeve, but you were like one of the first viral sensations ever with your river dance and the YouTube thing. And I, that was, that was many years ago, but I feel like, you know, when people see you skate, they see the attention to detail. They see the lifetime pursuit, the, all the hours that pour you've poured into it. And my question, our question is for you is like, who, from past generations inspired you? I know Scott has been a big influence and a mentor for you, but whose skating did you look to and study and watch? You know, when I was growing up, it's so funny. And I guess you guys know this as well. Like we didn't really, there wasn't YouTube, you know, like when you (laughs) talk about like as much as I want to be like, yes, for almost like one of the first YouTube sensations with Riverdance was like, YouTube came out like maybe like four years prior. That's so a it very good point. <laughs> it was very new as well. But um, I think that it was, you know, so it's people that I would see on TV. 
And then it became people that I saw in person. And then I got to train alongside, whether that be for summer, you know, summer camps and got to watch um, or just on TV when I turned it on. You know, Scott Hamilton was, like you mentioned, such a big influence to me, but it wasn't even his skating because I hadn't, I didn't really watch his skating growing up. It was like, it was his voice and it was his command when he was on television talking about other skaters that drew you in. Um, and he, to me, was the voice of skating. Uh, and w- watching it as a as a kid growing up, like I loved Daisuke Takahashi. I mean, I thought, thought like, every, I felt like every time I saw him, he was this chameleon. Like he never looked the same, never dressed the same. Every program was so different. And that was something that really, really, really inspired me. Uh, and then I was very fortunate to grow up with Roheen Ward as a choreographer uh, since I was 10 years old, uh, which is, I look back now and realize how lucky I was, but just having that influence of someone that, brought so many different styles to my skating. Um, I just am so grateful for it. He was always like, okay, we're gonna do this this year. We're gonna try this next year. And always pushing me to, you know, to go into different limits. And he always kind of showed me different dance styles that he wanted me to learn about and study and brought into my life. So I just feel so lucky for that. And then when I was just a younger like like a junior, a novice junior, I always at nationals really gravitated towards Ryan Bradley just because of his performance quality and the way that like you could feel the audience get excited when he took the ice because you're just like, this is going to be a performance. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like you were waiting for him to see, even though he was great technically, it wasn't like you were waiting to see what technical thing he was going to do or like you're just going to look at his spins or you weren't, like you watched him or at least me as a kid, you're like, I'm going to be entertained for the next few for minutes. Sure. Like, this is just pure entertainment. Um, and I, that was a big influence growing up as well. That's such a great point. I, I think with all of those skaters, they really also have that charisma that I, I see in you. And I know every time you take the ice, we're in for a performance, regardless of the technical aspect or any other factors that may be happening in the arena. Just like with those skaters, like you're treated to something very special when you take the ice or when your inspirations have taken the ice in the past, spot on. And that's just really inspiring for us to hear as still active athletes as well. The, that performance aspect is so important to the audience. So you've made a, an announcement recently and it really was such a highlight for so many people in the skating world who were wondering what your future on competitive ice would look like. So You've decided that you're not quite done competing. And what was the driving force in that in that decision? And congratulations yeah. on your honor. Oh. Well, I appreciate that. Um, honestly, it was after the Olympics, I think I finally gave myself the breath to be like, I don't know what's gonna be next. And I kind of like sat with that and I just said, What a weird few years. As you guys know, it was just been it was just a weird couple of years training, competing, events canceled being canceled. You're like, how do we train but not get sick? And we put ourselves out there, but not put ourselves out there. And you know, as a performance-based sport, trying to deal and navigate what that's like without an audience was strange um, to kind of get used to. Um, and for me, that's something that I just love so much about the sport. So you know, I, when the Olympics ended, I, you know, in my head mentally, I was like, okay, this is, you know, probably it. And at the same time, I was like, this feels for me a weird way to end my career. I felt like 
my parents were such a huge part of my career and are always at the events and they weren't there. And I just remember calling them after my free skate at the Olympics and even looking at Tracy and I was like, is this my coach? And I was like, is this how it is? Like, am I done? And, and it was like this weird, like out of body experience where it was like, I always felt like I would know and have the sense of like the chapters closed and there's something that didn't feel quite right with it all. Um, but that being said, I was so proud of my performances. I was so proud of the journey that took me there. And I was also not really ready to go back to the grind. I needed a break. I wanted to take some time off. I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do. And I wasn't really, um, able to wrap my head around going back to just such a singular focused goal driven next up, I was like, I want to explore so many other things. So I kind of took a break from even thinking about competition. And like with you guys went on tour, had so much fun this summer and um, just getting to perform in front of people again. And I was really shocked with after the, the spring and summer of performing that I was more energized than before. You know, I, and you guys know, like the Olympic season and just like the end of that Olympic cycle, it's, it's draining. You're like white. And so I just assumed after doing all these shows as well, I would also be white. And I was like, I love this. Um, and so <laughs> I, I had the opportunity to do Japan Open um, and be asked to do it. And I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to train for three weeks. Let's see how that goes. Not even how Japan Open goes as much as it's like, let's see if I actually like getting back into it. And, um, and fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it, I was like, Tracy, I love this. <laughs> I would so, say very fortunately. <laughs> so, um, which, which was, yeah. So, and I just, it, yeah. And so I'm just excited to take on this year and kind of see what, how it goes and keep yeah. putting myself out there and keep exploring, but that's kind of how it, how it unfolded in a bit. Well, you've already started taking on new roles. We saw you at Skate America working with Team USA. And honestly, you were phenomenal. And they couldn't have picked a better person. You were energetic, your enthusiasm, your patriotism. It's just incredible. You're the best cheerleader that the US could ever ask for. And your social media, again, you're just stepping up the the level for US figure skating for Team USA. It's wonderful. I'm going to take notes. <laughs> but where do you see yourself in five years? You, do you think maybe still skating in shows, maybe putting on your own show or working more with Team USA or working in the media? Oh, you know what? It's been really, really fun this year exploring so many different options. Like I kind of like have been putting on different hats um, each week. Or sometimes, like, it sometimes feels like each week I'm just keep rotating hats, which I absolutely love. Um, it was a lot of fun. I started doing some choreography this year for other skaters, uh, doing shows, which I've absolutely loved. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, I do really see uh, if I can stay healthy, I would love to continue doing shows um, and have that creative outlet to keep just, like, performing. Um, I'm not ready, you know, even if I were to hang up the competitive skates, um, not ready to give up that performance show skating 
part of my life. And so that I would love to keep going down. I would love to put on a show as well. Like you mentioned, um, love to do more in the media. I had so much fun with Team USA at Skate, uh, Skate America. And I would love, love, love to continue doing that. Um, if there's any way I could bring out other athletes' personalities and get and kind of help them showcase that through different platforms, game 100%. I think there's so many, if there's one thing that I learned from this year and just getting to really bond with the, the skaters that I've gotten to tour with, it's that everyone has such an incredible story that I don't want to say needs to be told if, if they want to tell it to tell it, but like everyone has such an incredible, they have such incredible experiences and such interesting lives. And we have this commonality of skating, but like everything else is so different. And the ways in which they got to where they are is so fascinating and engaging. And I just love for the audience to know more about us than just you see us on the ice for four minutes. And like, you know, it's, you don't get, I just want to bring out that personality because it is, it, we're filled with a lot of great, the sports filled with so many great people. That's amazing. I, I mean, I was so impressed when we were in Japan and you were speaking to a full arena full of Japanese fans in Japanese, the bravado, the confidence you must have studied for so long to be able to have confidence in your Japanese to go out and speak in front of 10,000 people. I mean, where did where did your interest in learning Japanese come from and how hard I mean how long did it take you to study to be so good at it? Yeah, so for me, um actually it was one of those things where it was my first junior grand prix season and I was sent to Japan. And so I hadn't really traveled much internationally, but it was like the first time that I went out of the country and every and it was in a small um a small town outside of Nagano. And I think for me, it was just an opportunity where I really wanted to communicate with the fans, but no one spoke English. And everyone, as you guys know, everyone is so nice and so engaged in the sport of figure skating. And, and I was like, all I want to do is like, thank you, thank you. But I just like kept like bowing and like, you know, trying to gesture my thanks, but it was so, but there was that piece of communication that like, it, it was my first time kind of really kind of hitting a barrier with that. And so I was like, okay, the next time I go to Japan, in my head, I was like, oh, we'll be like, within the year, like, I'll, I'll know a couple of phrases. Well, it wasn't until five years later that I had my next opportunity to go back to Japan. Um, but by that time, I was like, I was, I had, you know, kind of started off where I was just teaching myself a few phrases. And then I really enjoyed that. So then I started taking uh, some classes in school. Uh, some Japanese classes. Uh, and then I started getting tutored a little bit. So the love of kind of learning a different language kind of started to grow. Uh, and then the, when the next time I got to go back, it was just this opportunity to be able to break that barrier a little bit and communicate with them was such a thrilling feeling that I was like, it just kept this goal of mine to keep working towards becoming, becoming fluent. I laughed. My goal is fluent by 50. But so I gave myself like a good chunk of time to hopefully be successful in that, but um, to work my way up. And then in terms of the public speaking, I just really like, I've actually just taken a lot of public speaking classes in school, like, cause I really want to get better at it. So that helps um, when it's time uh, 
to get in front of a crowd. Well, I feel super confident being in Japan with you because anywhere we go, I feel like I'm in good hands because Jason speaks Japanese very well. And I don't speak any Japanese at all, but you've inspired me to learn, at least learn enough to get by. Um, Mainly because, as you know, I love going out in Japan and exploring and hanging out with friends and taking in the shops. And I was just wondering... Uh, if you remember our experience together at Uniqlo when we went shopping and do I remember (laughs) I live in those clothes I live in those clothes I love those clothes and everyone's like what people okay people continue I know you probably have a question that you're gonna ask but like I was just gonna ask you like what how was that experience (laughs) for you was it a lot was it too much like how was it (laughs) Um, I hope you had fun. I hope I wasn't I hope, too, I don't no, know, ne- overly excited because no. I was so excited. <laughs> like You had asked me to help you shop a little bit and I took that little bit and I ran with it and brought, just brought you baskets of clothes. It was like by the end of it, like the employees of Uniqlo had gathered in the back to like witness this. There was like a gaggle of like 15 people around the fitting room and Jason was trying on all these different looks and Maddie was like, this with that, that with that. It was it was a complete total like fashion makeover. It was mostly it, honestly sitting there, right? <laughs> which which is the best? I mean, it, oh my gosh, no! It was so much fun. I hope everyone. I know it's obviously not possible, but I hope everyone gets an experience of getting to shop with Maddie. Um, but no, it's the best. The fact that like you have your own. It, to me, I felt like this VIP. I had my own personal stylist who was literally <laughs> just running around Uniqlo pulling things off and was like put this in the thing put this in your cart put this put this put this then we tried it on you're like she was like yes yes wait change this up do that and it was so much fun um and I was like okay anything you say yes to I'm gonna buy like I was just like in that mode of like let's do it let's go for it um and so I am obsessed the I wear like those pants were the she got me these like these pants well, I, I got my, she picked about. out these pants, the best <laughs> for the summer and fall when the weather's like warm and it's like this, mi- and I can't The theory ones, like, right? The, the theory fit. collab. Yeah. And everyone kept being like, the fit, it looks like, it looks so, and I was like, Madison Shaw, what? Like, it was like the best thing. <laughs> and then not only, I just want to like do another shameless plug, but like, not only did Maddie shop, she also told me how to fold my clothes like a specific way. And I want to, I need to send a picture of my closet to you. You would laugh hysterically. Every single shirt is perfectly folded into like a cube. And I've like become obsessed. It's so satisfying. It's so satisfying when all your clothes can just stand up on their own and you just pack oh them and gosh. they fold and then they stay folded. It's I'm a, I'm addicted to folding. I'm so happy that I could share that joy with you and that you have shared it with your closet. It is. It is the greatest. And so I cannot thank you enough. And I look forward to the next shopping spree. Oh, I'm so happy. I look forward to it as well. I have a new shopping buddy and I'm so happy you were so open and receptive to all of my suggestions and that it wasn't overwhelming. <laughs> Because I had so much fun with you. Oh my gosh, it was a blast, an absolute blast. And so to have someone else make decisions, like that's one thing that I always have a really hard time for. So the fact that you were picking things out, and then like I just got all I had to do was try them on, and it's like, 
what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then you just like, you, the most decisive person. It was like, oh my gosh, when it's for you or for someone else, I think I'm decisive when it's for myself, I'm incredibly indecisive. So I think it's nice to just for anyone have that taken off your plate. (laughs) I greatly appreciated that. Oh, well, I greatly appreciate you. And just thank you so much, Jason, for taking the time to talk with us today. And we and the rest of the skating world cannot wait to see you on competitive ice again in this January in San Jose. So good luck with your training. And hey, we're both in Canada, so we might see you soon, hopefully. You never I know. hope so. I hope so. Come to Toronto. Come to Toronto. We just or might. I can obviously. We might have to. Yeah, we, we definitely should meet up in the great north. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jason. We love you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Best of luck with the rest of the Grand Prix series. I'm cheering you you guys on all the way. Thank you. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. This has been another episode of Unlaced with Chalk and Bates, presented by Bet Online. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes, and you can follow us on social media at Chalk Bates. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.